Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. I am thrilled to have you with us once again. This week, we are talking about the Avengers. Not just the movie, but the actual Avengers. But before we can get into that, intern Stan has to do the thing that I have him do every week. So, Stan, will you do uh, that thing, please? Appropriate. Thank you, intern Stan, for picking out arguably the perfect theme song for this episode of Panel Riot. Uh, I really hope that Marvel doesn't sue me for using that, but uh, I'll just send all the uh, all the legal paperwork to you, buddy. And he's already asleep. Folks, this week we are talking about the Avengers. The Avengers. Uh, you may have uh, noticed uh, this little indie film that came out recently called uh, The Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, and um, it's been real popular. You know, a lot of people went to see it, which is good. Uh, and they say a flood raises all ships. And I think this is the kind of situation that that saying applies to. I'm not entirely sure but I'm just going to keep saying it in different situations until I find the right one. So this week we're going to talk about the Avengers. Of course I'm going to talk about the Avengers Age of Ultron, the excellent, excellent film. Uh, we are going to get to that at the end of the episode. I'm hoping that I will be able to say a few things that haven't already been said. The internet has combed over this film again and again, raked it over the coals, and um, it has... It's just, it's been a mess. <laughs> some people, now here's what I've observed. Uh, some people liked the film, and then other people did not like the film. And uh, some people liked parts of the film, but not other parts of the film. I think that pretty much covers it. Oh, and some people have not seen it. Uh, and that's okay, too. 
that's okay too. Um, but I know what you're asking, Will. What are we going to cover? Uh, what are you going to talk about on this week's episode? If you're not going to talk about this film that just came out, uh, the name of the episode was Avengers. I tuned in to hear about the Avengers. Well, I got great news for you because that is exactly what I am going to talk about. What we're going to do this week on this episode of Panel Riot, episode number 33. I can't believe it myself. Uh, we are going to get into the individual Avengers and what I feel, this is personal opinion territory here, what I feel is their best stories, the best uh, comic arcs, the best special events that, uh, that showcase uh, particular Avengers. And uh, as often, sometimes, when I do it, uh, you can go to panelriot.com and click the link that says Amazon. From there, you will be able to directly buy these comics. I will link them myself, or at least as close as I can get, as many as (laughs) I can get to fit, and um, you can purchase them, and by doing that, it does not cost you any extra, and it supports the show, and you get my wonderful, warm cuddly undying gratitude and I uh I do greatly appreciate that so uh to review we're going to talk about Avengers comics sort of some of them might involve non-Avengers that's fine too and uh and at the end of the show we're going to get into the uh, Avengers Age of Ultron review um so strap in because here we go we're going to start off with the twins Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch well I decided to go with these two first because, to be honest, I, um, I'm i not ultra-familiar with these characters specifically. I, I know them, you know what I mean? I, I know who they are. I know that up until recently they were Magneto's children. Uh, I know that also up until recently they were mutants, but apparently now they're inhumans, which I guess is also fine. These two characters, uh, while they do have a uh, a background and a history with the Avengers, they are more well-known in the X-Men universe. And the comic that I have selected, it also focuses more around the X-Men universe than does the Avengers universe. Let me take you back to 2005, and a young man named Brian Michael Bendis decided to have a big... I think, summertime crossover called House of M. The general gist behind House of M is that Scarlet Witch goes bonkers. She has already gone bonkers before this in the Avengers Disassembled book, which uh, I am likely to reference a lot in this episode because it is also excellent. It might have also been Bendis who wrote that. I'm not sure. I didn't do that research. Anyway... She goes crazy. Many Avengers die, including, I think, the Vision. I think the Vision died as well. Uh, And Hawkeye, now that I think about it. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Uh, The Vision, actually. And Hawkeye, now that I think about it. Avengers Disassembled. Um, This is the follow-up. Basically, everybody in the Marvel Universe comes together to have a discussion about what do we do with Scarlet Witch? What do we do with a problem like Scarlet Witch? That's a reference to a musical that I don't know. Um, and basically what they decide is, um, actually, I don't know that they do decide anything. I think they just decide to go look for her. 
um, and she is hiding out on the uh, in the ruins of Genosha, um, and uh, with Professor X and with Magneto, and they are trying to help her, and so on and so forth. And long story short, um, she decides to she doesn't decide; it happens. She warps all of reality, and the gist is that the new reality sort of gives everybody what they want, their heart's desire. Um, for instance, Wolverine is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think he might be the head of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know. That's possible. He's a, he's a, uh, a higher-up in S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, he's got like a special ops team with Toad and Mystique and, uh, and Rogue and everything like that. Um, and then you've got like, uh, well, the mutants are the dominant race, right? She mainly gave Magneto, uh, her father and brother Quicksilver, what they wanted, and that was that they um, they ruled an entire nation. It was called the House of M, and you had you know Polaris was there and everything like that, and Scarlet Witch had her babies, and and you know everything was relatively hunky dory for uh, for the mutants, right? Um, you also had Spider-Man who, you know, Uncle Ben was alive and everybody knew that he was Peter Parker and everybody loved him in the city and so on and so forth. And, um, uh, I mean, obviously there was conflict and then people started to discover what, uh, what happened to them. Uh, and, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. I want you to go and read this. So, um, it does introduce a new mutant, a young lady by the name of Layla Miller and her power, uh, was basically to reveal the, the reality behind the reality to everybody. Now, if you read the spinoffs, the spinoffs are very interesting and they're also very good, but, uh, this storyline was widely criticized because the spinoffs didn't appear to be canon. They, they, um, didn't appear to have any impact on the main storyline, which I thought was interesting, but um, honestly, just reading the main storyline is good enough. It is very good. It's got art by Oliver Copiel, or Copayel, I'm sorry, um, and uh, uh, that's a name you're going to hear at least one more time, maybe two more times, um, but it's a lot of fun, and when it all comes down uh, at the end of the storyline, this is when Wolverine got his memories back. He was the linchpin. That's, I remember now. He was the linchpin to the entire thing because one of the things that he wanted was to have all of his memories back to remember his entire life. And he did. And it was a result of this that he knew that the reality they were in was wrong. And uh, afterwards, they launched the Wolverine Origins. They finally revealed Wolverine's origin story. That's right, 2005. That's when that happened. Anyway, uh, it's uh, when, it, when it all comes down... Uh, and everything is said and done, the uh, the mutant universe is changed forever with three little words. And what those words are, I will leave you to check them out. House of M, uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Oliver Copeel. Great, great focus, mainly on the Scarlet Witch. Quicksilver is there too, but I'm including him because I I couldn't bring to mind any, any books that focused just on Quicksilver. Um, and uh, I actually had that same problem with our next entry, The Vision. The Vision. The Vision has always always been an ancillary character for any comic that I've read. Um, I know that he has, you know, the romantic history with the Scarlet Witch. He's been an Avenger. He's been on various Avengers teams. He's been dead and, and returned multiple times. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I don't know any story arcs that necessarily focus on him specifically. 
So if you have any ideas, if you have uh, any recommendations out there, books that focus just on Quicksilver or just on Vision that are actually good and worth reading, do hit me up, panelriot at gmail.com or at panelriot on Twitter, and I will be uh, happy to check those out. Next up, we are going to go big. We are going to go with Iron Man. Iron Man. Tony Stark, uh, the man who's uh, basically Robert Downey Jr., took this character, this kind of B or C-level character, and made him one of the most popular characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, And uh, there's two books, or two arcs, rather, that I really want to recommend to you. And uh, the first one um, was... Uh, they drew a lot from this storyline in all of the Iron Man films, and that is Iron Man Extremis, written by the just insanely talented Warren Ellis and illustrated by the also insanely talented Addie Granov. Um, and the the general idea here is that uh, uh, oh this I'm sorry this was 2005 and 2006. Um, the general idea here is that uh, Tony's suits are too clunky and too slow, and the response time is bad. And uh, he gets kind of involved with this um, this secret project that um, uh, gives people powers. It's very similar to what, um, what happened in Iron Man 3, except in Iron Man 3, uh, what happened was Tony decided to, you know, kind of step away from the technology, and he's more, you know, working on his own wits. Whereas in Iron Man Extremis, he develops, he uses this... Um, uh, you know, nanotechnology essentially to make a new Iron Man suit that is stored in his bone marrow, and it's faster and it's responsive and it's more organic and it's it's really 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 good. Now, there are some slight issues with this. Um, number one, this was before Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man, right? Um, so you don't really have that template to draw from, but uh, Addie Granov really, really, really does very realistic uh, artwork all throughout his uh, his comics. And as a result, he had to make Tony Stark look like someone, and as in, in Tony Stark in this looks like Tom Cruise. And that is so distracting, I can't even believe it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going through and you're reading this, and you know you hear basically in your head... If you uh, are anything like me, and you might be, um, you're hearing Robert Downey Jr.'s voice coming out of Tom Cruise's face, and it's very strange, and it's very, uh, very unsettling. Um, but if you get past that, um, then you're golden. The only other thing is, it does kind of show its age because in the beginning of the issue, before he develops the extremist. Um, suit and the and everything like that he's you know he's just kind of holed up in this and he calls it the garage and he's working on all these projects and everything like that and um he has a board meeting with stark industries and they say you know we can't keep funding you just dicking around in your garage and uh he says i invented this and he basically shows them an iphone and it does all the things that iphones do and he said put this into production we are rich forever now i'm gonna go back to work uh in the garage here so it's uh maybe it shows its age a little bit maybe not um either way it's a it's a great read it's absolutely fantastic it's got a that signature warren ellis tone um where it's a little bit dark and it's a little bit violent um and uh and a little bit completely hilarious so and it would uh, it would influence the character for years 
years after that. Um, I think Tony used the extremist suit for um, maybe four or five years after this, um, or some variation of it. And of course, they uh, they pulled a lot from this storyline in Iron Man 3, including uh, they, uh, they uh, have a character named President Ellis. He is president of the United States, and he's named, of course, after Warren Ellis. Uh, there is another Iron Man story that I would like to recommend to you, but we need to take a quick commercial break. So please do stick around for more Panel Riot and more Avengers. In or around the Pittsburgh area, check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut? Check. Manny? Check. Petty? Check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at SpaPGH.com. That's S-P-A-P-G-H.com today. Because when you feel good, you look even better. Welcome back. Welcome back to this week's edition of Panel Riot. We are talking Avengers. Uh, we are talking about Avengers comics. Um, but real quick, I would like to pile on to my commercials, as I like to do, uh, and give a shout-out to MetamorphosisSpaPGH.com. I am going there tomorrow, and I can't wait. I just can't wait. By the time you're hearing this, I will likely already be sitting in a cushy chair, glass of wine right handy, possibly Petri wine, and uh, and uh, chatting it up with Mia and the girls over there. Go and check them out, spotpgh.com. You're going to love it. I guarantee it. Is that a suit? Is that from a suit commercial? Did I? Anyway, it's not important. It is true. We're talking about Avengers comics, and I left you on a bit of a cliffhanger. I apologize, but uh, we are talking about Iron Man. There's another Iron Man story. We talked about the extremist storyline that uh, Warren Ellis gave us, and now we are going to jump forward to the future. 2010, the invincible Iron Man, Tony Stark, Disassembled. Issues 20 to 24, written by Matt Fraction, with art by Salvador La Roca. I am confident I pronounced that properly. Matt Fraction is another name that you're going to hear a lot. You, if you're familiar with the show, you know I'm a fan of, uh, of his work. And uh, this is no different. This came shortly before the Siege storyline, the, uh, the huge crossover storyline that took place in 2010, I believe. And um, the idea here is that, oh, this is also post-Civil War. And post-Secret Invasion. A lot of stuff has been happening in the Marvel Universe here. So... Um, after the Civil War, Tony Stark became head of S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, the Superhero Registration Act went into effect. That list was still a thing when the Secret Invasion happened, and Norman Osborn became the hero of the Secret Invasion, and then he became, you know, the new head of S.H.I.E.L.D., which he dubbed Hammer, I think. Um, anyway, what happens is as he's taking over and Stark is leaving, he insists on getting the superhero registration files. Well, Tony doesn't like that. Tony does not want that to happen. So he deletes all those files, and the only place that they exist are in his brain, along with just a bunch of other secrets. So this is where it gets a little complicated, as all things tend to do when it comes to Tony Stark. Um, He has backups of his brain. 
Yeah. He <laughs> he backs up his uh his his brain essentially um and he is slowly destroying the one that he has currently that he has been able to you know he's been able to do this using the extremist armor and that technology so he is systematically destroying his brain becoming less and less intelligent until he becomes a vegetable so that Norman Osborn will never get his hands on this list of superhero identities. And it's, <laughs> like I said, it's complicated, but it's great because um, essentially what he has to do is he has to keep traveling from location to location to delete more and more of his brain. He's got all these different safe houses all over the world, and um, he has to you know, go from suit to suit to suit, not only because his suits keep getting destroyed, but also because, you know, the the lower version of the suit he's using, the more rudimentary the technology is, and his brain is becoming simpler and simpler, so he has to be able to operate the technology that is simpler and simpler. And it's it's just, it's a fascinating, really, really interesting take on Tony Stark and after all the things he did during the Civil War where he really came out as the villain and all the stuff that happened after that and his failure with S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything like that that he's doing all this to try and be a hero to try and be you know do the right thing essentially it's it's really it's a great take and this I mean a concept like this could flop very easily but the fact of the matter is Matt Fraction is a wildly talented writer and uh, he pulls it off without a hitch it works, it clicks, it's fantastic. All of the um, ancillary characters that, involve, that are involved, you've got Maria Hill, you've got Pepper. Um, it's, just, it's just a wonderful story. So go ahead and check that out at your earliest convenience. Next up, we have Captain America. That's right, Steve Rogers himself, Cap, good old Captain America. And uh, there was a couple of options. Uh, I thought about dipping into the Ultimate Universe, and uh, recommending that you read Ultimates. That is a great, great showcase of Captain America, but I, uh, I wanted to stick to the 616 universe. I don't know why. It's all going, you know, crazy now. Anyway, but uh, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Um, you should read the Ultimates. It's very good. Um, but I decided to go with Winter Soldier, the uh, the 2005 book written by Ed Brubaker and illustrated by Steve Epting. If you've listened to the show before, those are two names you'll recognize on the book Velvet. These two gentlemen are still working together, and that's because uh, Winter Soldier is one of the best Marvel books you're ever going to come across. It changed everything. There used to be a rule in the Marvel Universe. Um, it, it was about death and people that stay dead. Uncle Ben does not come back. Bucky does not come back. Well, they brought back Bucky. <laughs> uh, this is what that was. You may be familiar with a uh, another little film called Captain America, The Winter Soldier. This, uh, That, of course, was based off of this. I highly encourage you to check this out. Um, the art is fantastic. The writing is good. And uh, it spawned, uh, to date, one of the best films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I also want to give an honorable mention to all-new Captain America that has uh, been running from 2014 until the present. It's still running currently. Uh, written by Rick Remainder and illustrated by Stuart Immonen. 
Um, and uh, that is chronicling the adventures of Falcon. Falcon has taken over as uh, as Captain America from Steve Rogers, and uh, it's great. I, I didn't have any expectations going into this book, and uh, it blew me away right from the start. It it really did. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It, of course, deals with Hydra and Nomad, who is now Steve Rogers' son, um, or rather Steve Rogers' son, who is now Nomad. Um, anyway, go and check it out. Uh, all new Captain America. And uh, also, uh, <laughs> sorry, also honorable mention to Civil War. Civil War is another great, uh, great Captain America story at its heart. Um, the art is fantastic, and then of course you've got the death of Captain America storyline, and uh, I think it's called Captain America Reborn or something like that, which followed that, and that was his um, his resurrection story, as it were. A lot of great Cap stories out there, all of them relatively recent, though. I feel I should dive into his backstory and and really read some classic Cap comics. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, Okay, next up is uh, the god of thunder himself, Thor. Thor. I'm going to level with you guys. I've uh, I've never been a big Thor fan. Not really, with one exception that we'll get to. Um, but uh, anytime I pick up a, a you know Journey into Mystery or or you know Mighty Thor book or whatever it is, you know he's always just the shouty guy. You know what I mean? I, I never really really got into Thor. But all that changed when one of my favorite comic book writers picked up the character in 2007. Michael J. Straczynski started writing Thor. Again, this was a prelude to the Siege event, um, illustrated by Oliver Copeel. And uh, it's, it, it really it got me into Thor. The idea is Ragnarok has happened, and, uh, and Thor clawed himself back into reality um, because he was an idea. It was the idea, the concept of Thor, um, and there was power to that, and he decided to exist again, and so he did, and um, he rebuilt Asgard, but he uh, couldn't rebuild it in another realm, uh, so he rebuilt it over the plains of Oklahoma, I believe it was, um, and uh, again, you know, a lot of the visuals that they used in this comic were used in the uh, first Thor movie, uh, when he's in that town, that town is in this comic. They get into the people who live in the town a little bit more, but, um, but the fact of the matter is it's got a similar look and a similar feel, uh, to a lot of it. So he rebuilds Asgard and he's trying to, you know, reassemble his family, bring back the, uh, all the gods and everything like that. And, um, it's a great story. It's, you know, it's exactly what you would expect from Michael J. Straczynski. It's, it's interesting. It's emotional. It's funny. Uh, it's all the things that I love to see in a comic. It's not just high adventure. Um, it's not just violence. It's genuine, character building stuff uh and it made me like thor it made me see that he could be more than just the shouty guy with the hammer uh and i and i really appreciate that and of course oliver copiel i i love his artwork i think he uh he did really well for this character and um go and read it go and read it immediately um there's uh, of course some fun with loki because there's always fun with loki uh this again was you know before the movie so um you didn't have that uh that kind of charming edge um the the character wasn't influenced by tom hiddleston yet so um it is more of a classic take uh on loki actually i think this was when loki came back as a woman the idea was that he had fulfilled his fate 
uh, in bringing about Ragnarok, and then he could do whatever he wanted at that point. Um, but I'm, I'm a little foggy on some of the details, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I also, once again, want to give an honorable mention to the new Thor series, the current running Thor series. I think we are up to uh, issue number eight, and uh, they are revealing the new Thor's identity tomorrow. As of this recording, um, it's going to happen tomorrow. The issue comes out tomorrow, issue number eight. Um, that would be today for you. But I, uh, they spoiled it today. Marvel came out and revealed who it is today, which kind of bothered me, but also I also still clicked on it because I'm a sucker. Uh, and I figured it would get spoiled for me anyway, so why not spoil it on my own terms? Uh, and that's what I did. So um, I won't spoil it for you, though. Go and check it out. Go and check out the Thor- current Thor series. It's really well written. Uh, the art is fantastic. Um, it is the series that um, that is you know it features a female Thor, and uh, and it's a it, they're doing a great job with it. I'm really curious to see now that they've revealed what they've revealed. I'm really curious to see how this is going to have any kind of longevity you know, going forward and everything like that. But, uh, I'm in, I'm along for the ride. I'm, uh, as long as it, uh, stays as good as it has been, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you, Marvel. Let's make this happen. Uh, next up, we are going to, uh, of course, round out the cast, starting with the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, this is going to be another two-parter. I see we're uh, coming up on our commercial time, but you need to read Planet Hulk. 2006, written by Greg Pak, illustrated by, oh, this is going to be difficult, and I apologize in advance, by Carlo Pagulayan, yeah, Carlo Pagulayan and Aaron Lopresti, Lopresti, sure, those guys, and they do a great job, Um, and I'm so sorry I can't say names, Um, Planet Hulk, so, 2006, the Hulk needs to be taken off the board for a little while because basically all the stuff that's about to happen, including Siege. Um, and uh, the Illuminati, which is a collection of ultra-smart, powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, which is like, I think at the time it was Black Bolt and um, uh, Iron Man and Reed Richards. Um, Namor was a member uh, uh and someone else. I can't remember. It's not necessarily important. Basically what they decide is the Hulk is too dangerous to remain on Earth. So they fire him off into the stars. It's such a crap move. But um, they trick him into like going out and fixing a satellite. Only he can fix it because he's the Hulk and he's invincible. Uh, and then they get this message of, we're oh, sorry, Bruce, but you're too dangerous to stay. And pew! Off he goes. Um, and he lands on a planet that is not great. They, the original trajectory would have put him on a paradise, essentially. Somewhere where he could live peacefully and happily for the rest of his life, however long that may be, which might have been, you know, quite a long time. Um, but if something goes awry, his, uh, his trajectory gets changed, and he lands on essentially this kind of like this terrible slavery gladiator battle kind of planet. Right. And he becomes this gladiator. And, um, I think there's a scene, if I remember correctly, where 
kind of in his head, Bruce is having a conversation with the Hulk, and, and Bruce is like, you need to be out here. If I come out, I'm done. This is not going to go well for us. You need to stay the Hulk this whole time. And what happens is he does very well. Um, I think he's not as invincible. If I remember correctly, he's not as invincible as he was uh, on Earth. He can be wounded. I could be wrong about that. It it has been a little while since I read this. I just remember loving it. Um, He does well in the gladiatorial fights, and then he overthrows the the guy who runs the planet, and it becomes peaceful and everything like that. And what happens is... uh, Again, the Illuminati, <laughs> I have to, I really need to go back and read this because it's been too long. They send a ship to, I think they find out that he went to the wrong planet and they send a ship to pick him up or something like that. And, and long story short, it explodes and it kills his wife because the Hulk has found a wife at this point and had a child and and all this crazy stuff. And he's very, very happy and he's content and peaceful and everything like that. And then this bomb goes off and kills, like, everybody. And uh, the Hulk doesn't like that, as you can well imagine. And what does he do? Well, we're going to find out when we come back from another word from our sponsors. Please stick around for more Panel Riot. Time for me to explain that Petri California Sherry... It's not only an ideal wine to serve before dinner, but it's also the perfect wine for almost any occasion. Petri Sherry is fine after dinner, when you're listening to the radio or just sitting around talking. And, of course, you couldn't ask for a finer party wine than Petri Sherry, especially if your party is at cocktail time. If you don't know what wine to buy, you can't go wrong with Petri Sherry. But be sure it's Petri. Look for the letters P-E-T-R-I. They spell the proudest name in the history of American wine. Beautiful. Beautiful. Our sincere thanks to the Petri Wine family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. We're talking about the Avengers, and we're getting into Avengers comics, and we are talking about the Hulk. Now, before we went to commercial, we talked about how a terrible thing happened to the Hulk, and then some good stuff, and then another terrible thing, and he decided... To get revenge. World War Hulk. The next book that I highly recommend. um, 2007, a year after Planet Hulk. Again, written by Greg Pak. Illustrated by John Romita Jr. Um, I'd like to take a quick moment to talk about John Romita Jr. Uh, And I can sum it up like this. I know some people don't like it. I realize that his art is an acquired taste. And it is a taste that I have acquired. World War Hulk. Um... He gathers his friends from the planet and then goes and takes over Earth. He wants revenge because his wife was murdered. He wants revenge because his peaceful life and his planet was essentially destroyed. And they wouldn't leave him alone, and they fired him off there in the first place. So the Hulk is coming back, and he is going to ruin everyone and everything. First thing he does is he goes to the moon. Because that's, at the time, the Inhumans were on the moon. Makes perfect sense to me. I mean, why would you? <laughs> on the moon? Um, because uh, he wants to take out Black Bolt. He knows how powerful Black Bolt is, and uh, he wants to take him off the board. And there's a great scene where um, they are in the you know vacuum of space and everything like that, and um, Black Bolt is trying to fight back, and uh, the Hulk is just not having any of it, and he um, 
he pulls him in close and he says, I didn't come here to hear you whisper. I want to hear you scream. And just ruins Black Bolt's day. <laughs> Takes everything Black Bolt throws at him and um, just destroys him. And then he invades, you know, the 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 Earth. And he uh, he takes over New York and he basically enslaves, you know, Tony Stark and and you know Professor Xavier. I don't think he, I don't think he enslaves Xavier actually. I think that was a um, one of the spinoff books um, where he goes to attack them at their at the X Mansion, and all these X Men are trying to fight him off, and it's they're failing and failing and failing. And finally, he gets to Xavier, and uh, someone gets thrown through a wall. Something happens, and they land in this large graveyard in the back. And he sees all these, um, all these gravestones of these dead mutants, and he's like, uh, "I don't need to destroy you. You've already destroyed yourself, or something like that." Basically, uh, Xavier doesn't come into play in the big New York fight, but everybody else does, and they've got these um, uh, uh, restrictor plates. That doesn't sound right. Um, basically, they kind of like they control them. They're <laughs> they're these discs that control them the hulk can make them do whatever he wants and he wants them to fight like gladiators like he was forced to do um so uh he takes over i believe it's madison square garden has everybody fight and things like that and at one point actually um dr strange and this is an event occurrence that colors the character for a long time to come dr strange taps into these the darkest of dark arts and becomes essentially a demon and tries to fight off the hulk and even he can't fight off the hulk um i think what what happens is it's um is it rick jones uh was he the one that was like an original avenger and was super tight with um the hulk he was the one that the hulk was saving actually in the gamma accident i think it's rick jones anyway i think he talks the hulk down or something along those lines um they don't actually defeat the Hulk. He kind of stands down. Uh, and I'm sorry I spoiled that for you just now, but hey, whatever. 2007. Uh, so go and check those out. Planet Hulk and World War Hulk, both written by Greg Pak. Um, they're, they're wonderful. The trades are available. Go to panelriot.com. They'll be in the Amazon section. Next up is another current series, Black Widow. I have been thoroughly enjoying the current Black Widow series, 2014 to present, written by Nathan Edmondson and illustrated by Phil Noto. I have not yet got to really sing the praises of Phil Noto on this podcast, but I love his work. I am unabashed in my love of uh, of his artwork. It is different. It is emotional. It is beautiful. It is just, just wonderful. I, I love it to death. And, um, the Black Widow series, I will freely admit, took me a little bit to get into. It took me probably about the first five issues, but once I was in, I was absolutely in. I was invested. And basically, what you've got going on now is the Secret Wars stuff and all the universes colliding. And uh, I know it won't happen, but I just want them to come back. <laughs> just, okay, so we, we had the battle world and everything was crazy and terrible, blah, blah, blah. Um and let's just relaunch Black Widow with Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto and just keep pick up where we left off. It'll be great. Because it's it's a great it's such an interesting storyline. The idea is that Natasha is trying to make up for all the terrible stuff that she's done, so she's taking very dangerous missions and and you know, using her contacts and it's spy and it's espionage and it's um, you know, redemption tale and and it's it's just it's a lot of fun. A lot of twists and turns. 
very interesting. You've got a few fun cameos along the way, and uh, it, it it's a blast. It's a blast. I could sit here for another 20 minutes and compliment this book, but I'm not going to do that because uh, we're almost out of time. And I've got to finish here with probably, out of all these books, my favorite book, one that I am waiting for them to finish the series so that I can do a whole episode dedicated to it, and that is Hawkeye. Hawkeye has been running from 2012 to the present, sort of, written by Matt Fraction and illustrated by David Aja, with a few exceptions, Um, and uh, it is, it's as good as you've heard it is. It's, (laughs) it's so good that I have to dedicate an entire episode to it. That's how good it is. Now, it's been, (laughs) a new Hawkeye story a new Hawkeye book has launched, all new Hawkeye. And it is two or three issues in now. And the final issue of the last run hasn't come out yet. I don't know why. Marvel is very tight-lipped on it. And so is Matt Fraction, for that matter. Um, and <laughs> he uh, he mentioned it briefly in uh, the newsletter that he sends out. And it's, um, it's uh, that he sends out with uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, who you may be familiar with. Um, and he said with, uh, as for the final issue of Hawkeye, your guess is as good as mine, and my guess is usually not very good. So that's all you need to know about that. Uh, that's not true. That's not all you need to know. You, my friend, have uh, a unique opportunity. What you can do is you can start reading these now. You can go to Amazon.com and buy the first trade and read it and really enjoy it and soak it in. And then the next trade. And if there's a third one, probably that one too. And you can really enjoy these things now and get caught up. And by the time you're done, the last issue will probably be out. Believe me when I tell you it is worth your money, it is worth your time, it is worth waiting for. The book is funny, it's heartfelt, it's, it's the art of David Aja. If you're familiar with it, it's unique. It's, it's just, I have nothing bad to say about this book, period, end of sentence, end of episode almost end of episode avengers age of ultron a quick word about that it was great before we close the book on another episode i have a few things to share with you would you like more panel riot well more is available. You can find us at our base of operations, panelriot.com. From there, you can do all manner of things, including donating to the car- to, <laughs> That doesn't say carousel. I'm reading a script. Donating to the cause. Become a Patreon supporter of... Pa- a pa- <laughs> this is a lot of fun. New script, new episode. I apologize. Become a Patreon supporter of Panel Riot, and you will have my undying gratitude, as well as a few other nifty bits and bobs. Just click on the link that says Patreon and go from there. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can also follow the sensational Intern Stan at Intern Stan. You can hear us all over the place, including Stitcher Smart Radio, Spreaker, and, of course, iTunes. If none of those work for you, you can head on over to PanelRiot.com and click the link that says Most Recent Episode. From there, you will be whisked away into a land of episode descriptions and browser players. I hope you enjoy it. Incidentally, if you are listening on iTunes, if you could leave us a review, a little rating, a little little comment about how you're enjoying the show, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. It would help us out a lot. A whole lot. 
I would love to know what you think of the show. Please email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, who your favorite Avenger is, if you disagree with my lengthy uh, review of Age of Ultron, or if you liked it, or, you know, whatever. Thanks for listening, True Believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine. <laughs>